When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reveille, reveille, donks. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. We be tossing and flossing. Our style is not that awesome. And my God, I am going to get deaf if I don't turn this down. There we go. Nice, in my earphones. nice. Hi, everybody. It is time for Morning Combat on this 23rd of March 2022. Luke Thomas, Brian Campbell, we are here in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and uh, we're just so full of appreciation in COVID. You know, I, I was like, let me bring the, <laughs> that's very true, let me bring the loudest, most aggressive shirt I have to this MK and FTL Yeah, you should event cover it up Luke. with the football team you um, don't even care about. You know, I wanted to wear this, Luke, because it says something. You yeah, know what I mean? you're an idiot. It says that um, you have intention. You know what I mean? It, you know, so does walking around with a boner in your pants. That don't mean anything. <laughs> By the way, could uh, I look worse this morning? I told BC, it yeah. looks like someone abducted me last night, left me in the trunk of a car, then just drove up to the offices and told me to get out. You, you look like a truck driver, to be fair. <laughs> I, look, look, you know, like, I look terrible. <laughs> Sir, the showers are down the hall right there. Yeah, that's I it. think I need more to be de-loused and then just handcuffed and thrown away. Um we have a show today. We're going to talk about Jorge Masvidal and Colby Covington because I. what else would we talk about? We do have a UFC fight night this weekend. We're going to get into some of the storylines, a ton of boxing news. We'll do some fan subs today. What else, BC? Uh, we'll probably mumble and laugh a lot, too. It'll be fantastic. Yeah. How are you yeah. feeling? Two, by the way, true story last night. We went out to – I met my boss for the first time. That's actually a true story. You know, story. this was arguably a, one of the more productive days in MK history. That is not, that is not a false statement. Yeah. It's really not a yeah. false statement. So yesterday we went to Sanford MMA – and we sat down with Gilbert Burns. I th we, we had 45 minutes with him. I think you guys are going to really like that. I was so blown away by what Gilbert told us. I, I don't want to spoil it more than no, that. But, no, but he's a real man. I, it, was great. it was great getting the time with him. And, and Sanford is a, you know, I saw Robbie Lawler in the corner there. You saw Lynn And then Vassal. he saw us and then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, Kamaru had been there earlier. That yeah. ATT was impressive. Sanford MMA was very impressive. I've actually not. I've been to AKA. You've been to AKA? Uh, no, uh, that's a pretty impressive facility. I've not been to ATT. Yeah, it, ATT is the goods. Is well. it like is it like Sanford? It's very yeah. It's like it's not as polished in some ways, but yeah. it's it's impressive just the same. You know? And then uh, we had dinner last night. I met my CBS boss for the very first time, and um, it was a great dinner. But your boy left early. Yeah, I couldn't you, take it. Anymore. You know, I, I it did go down on the books officially as a Lithuanian exit because you did announce it ahead of time. I did you know? announce you it. You were like uh, uh, my vagine. You know, it was it was it was. Uh, yeah. Here's the Brian Campbell experience. Anywhere you go, church, ER, dinner, doesn't matter. The Brian Campbell experience is he collects as many neon signs as he can that all say "Look at me." <laughs> And everywhere we go, 
You're like the Las Vegas Strip in the middle of the desert, which yeah. is funny because I actually hate the Las Vegas Strip. Yeah, so. that is ironic, <laughs> don't you think? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah but the I dinner really was good. Things, we had a good you know? time. Fort Lauderdale people. You know what? In Florida, people are very friendly. I've noticed. Could we? Sir, could you know? If we just got. I'm gonna get my glasses. If us and our families, Luke, got parachuted into this environment, South Florida, FTL, um, Boca. You know what I'm saying? Delray. Um, can we fit in here? Can we? Can we? Would we be welcomed, Luke? I say, if you can't fit in in Florida because you're too weird and shitty, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where you're supposed to go. It's like there's Florida. There's, uh, this is the elite levels for that category. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know so, what I'm saying? You like, know. if you can't go here, bitch, like you're, it's, I, the options are limited at that point. Uh, Luke, your thoughts. I, I curated this island well, of Misfit Toys setup. Well, why don't you tell me the process behind right your curation? Because that is actually You know, at first I was like, what NFL helmet, you know, best to, you know, represents us. And I'm, you know, I'm not a, you know, Tom Brady homer, although I live in New England, Luke, so I better be a Patriots fan, I guess. But I'm one of those hipster, like, post-Brady, day one Patriots fans who, like, I start my fanship today. You got a and, Mac Jones jersey at home? And, no, but I would, okay? I did buy my son a Cam Newton Pats jersey at a Pats game this season. So, uh, you know, because it was in the discount rack, and that's a badass jersey. Because you're a terrible you know? father. <laughs> no, no, to me, that's badass. But, uh, and then, you know, they didn't have the damn red skin Commodores, or whatever the hell you're them. But they got the Ravens, Luke, and you know the Ravens is a great logo. It's a great reputation, right? Yeah, I mean it's Baltimore. You should be. You should rebrand yourself as a Ravens fan. Um, they might force me, but the real reason it's up here is a BC put it up here, and the second reason is they didn't have any Commanders trophies in here. Our Dutch trophies, excuse me, helmets. I don't. I think they have the helmet of every team but the Commanders. Um, you know, which is what are you going to do? Yeah, they suck ass. Yeah, anyway. it's like the Vanderbilt Commodores. Phil went there. You know Phil, right? I do know Phil. They have way more professional people working here than Phil. I mean, Phil is the, you know, he's the bottom of the barrel. Uh, okay, so today on the show, as you mentioned, all the stuff from before, Jorge, Colby, the whole nine yards. Uh, first things first, thumbs up on the video if you like it, and uh, hit subscribe if you haven't. Give us a nice review on whatever podcast platform you are listening on. Showtime.com is the label that pays, even though we're in the CBS headquarters. Go to Showtime.com, get a 30-day free trial. If you like it, you can keep it. If not, you may not. It's up to you entirely. Yeah, it's all one family. Like, it I, you is know, one family. I represent CBS on this bitch. But I'll take them Showtime checks, too, okay? It's all the same family, Luke, okay? I agree with that completely. Uh, MorningCombat.store for any kind of merch. I don't feel like the St. Patrick's Day stuff really hit. Yo, are you, are you trying to, to point out a a a, a hiccup in the in the lineage of R.J. Dunkelmaker? The, uh, the, I mean, he's, he's like Doc Ellis, Luke, throwing that perfect game on acid. I mean, that no-hitter, he's like, he's been slinging. He was, he's been hanging and banging. But now you're like... How's your fastball? How'd that work out for you? You know, <laughs> listen. It was more like he tried the slider and he uh, got hit you know, yeah. you know, to far left center. Give him the um, heater, Ricky. Right? You know what I'm saying? But Luke? in general, MorningCombat.store has pretty good, actually, great <clears throat> merch. I would yeah. say on top of that. Uh, and BC, our next partner, has a product I use. Well, oh, I yeah. would say every day, but I forgot to bring it on this trip because I'm a fucking idiot. I brought my travel ones. On you did. I, as a uh, that is a true thing. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted better gut health, more energy, and I hated taking pills and vitamins. Brian Campbell. And it doesn't taste super healthy. You want something that is super healthy, but doesn't taste it. But I'll tell you one thing: it does taste taste clean, and that's what I love about it. And obviously, it's got the mild tropical taste. That Luke, to be fair, it makes me look forward to it in the morning because it's like my reset moment. It's it my, is my cleansing. You know. So what is in this? Uh, with one scoop, which is delicious, from Athletic Greens, you're going to get 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens 
to help you start your day right. And it's the special blend of ingredients, of course, that supports gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, aging, and hopefully coming soon, Luke, hangover fix. That would be, be great, amazing. You know, Athletic great. Greens is so easy to use that I take it on busy days, even when we live stream, although you know, I forgot on this trip because I'm stupid. Yeah, and it's so convenient. I am traveling with it, and you can too, okay? BC, it's lifestyle-friendly whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while still tasting good. And you want to know the price? It costs less than $3 per day. Uh, it's like investing in your health. And it's cheaper than your, uh, cold, we'll call it cold brew habit that you've got going on lately, Luke. Taking Athletic Greens is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. And Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews to back it up, trusted by leading health experts, including Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. Uh, right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Well said, Luke. And, you know, uh, to make it even easier, Athletic Greens is going to give you for free a one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Here's where you're going to hit it up, okay? Call to action. Athleticgreens.com slash morning combat. Wow. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash morning combat to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. My favorite part of this read is that there are parts where we can kind of free remix, and then there are parts that say read verbatim, and BC only remixes those parts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start the show. Oh, one more thing. Yes. We mentioned um, when we went to Sanford MMA and we got on the mats and they made us take off our shoes and I wasn't wearing socks. And I'm like, oh shit, now I gotta bring my, my Eagles claws back to the world. And we made, we had fun with it. They caught, caught on camera. They caught me feeling the bounce on the mats, feeling how, you know, cause some people say, Luke, we're not supposed to wear shoes. We're supposed to feel the earth at all times and have that connection. When I felt the mats, I developed an instant connection. It was easy, it felt natural. I feel like I'm beginning to put art Back into mixed martial arts, Luke, and here's the videotape to prove it. I mean, I literally can't tell if you were happy. I thought you were stroking out. I mean, I, I mean, feel the flow, Luke, right? Thought, do, the, thought, do, the, do the bull dance. I mean, you know, you got to just dude, go with it. I, I look at me in the background. I'm actually trying to conduct business with our producer. <laughs> and here you are in the front just completely letting. Quick and nimble. I go crazy when I hear that symbol on a hi-hat with the souped-up tempo. Yo, I'm on the road. It's time to go solo, right? You A1A. Falling. Real fast. Yeah. Biatch. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell. I was really, I, I couldn't tell if I was excited or sad you were stroking out, but uh, either way, that's what I thought. Um, yeah, but the people did, the people did, they saw it. They felt it, Luke. It, it was natural. At the very least, it was natural. It's like, could I build on that? I probably could, Luke. Do I want to, though? For the art. <sighs> to be continued. All right. All right. Topic number I'm one. I'm calling you out, Casey Lighton. No, actually, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Probably beat the not. fuck out of you. All yeah, right. He would definitely ground and pound. Uh, let's start with topic number one. This is, I mean, you just can't even believe this is where we're going to have to start today's show. But it, It's so Florida. Luke, it's so Florida. It's the most Florida stuff. Two Florida men are back <laughs> in the news again. Uh, Jorge Masvidal has, we have to be careful about this. I will say, put, put it this way. He has been named as a suspect in an attack on Colby Covington. Now, it's weird, BC, because Jorge Masvidal is under investigation formally. He has been named as a suspect. But if you look at the police report about an incident that took place Monday night in Miami, uh, 
Colby Covington is not named. However, by, based on reports, eyewitness, uh, eyewitnesses at the scene, and then on top of that, TMZ somehow got wind of the incident and showed up on Monday night and had this sort of like reaction camera with him after the fact. But the story goes like this. Monday night, the 21st, here in Miami, outside Poppy Steak, allegedly Jorge Masvidal uh, ambushed and basically sucker punched Colby Covington. With a hood? With a hood with, on with and a, a surgical ma- mask. By the only time he's had a mask on when he had to. Um, and... Apparently ran up on him, again, this is all alleged, sucker punched him, hitting him twice, one time either breaking a tooth or knocking it out, something, somewhat of that is unclear. Uh, there was a left wrist, wrist abrasion, I guess he got hit in the eye on, on top of that. I mean, it's a fractured tooth. Again, we, we don't, from what, we're, from what we're told, it's a fractured tooth, but there's a lot of things we don't know. So then, then you get, which is so great, that Nate Diaz tweet that's like, yeah, bro, you're telling on yourself. Yeah, who snitches on themselves? I mean, did Jorge well, put set, out a video right after this? you got to let me set this up so we can do this in an organized manner. My, I'll pitch to you first. When you heard the story and the details came out about it, again, Jorge has not been arrested. He has not been charged, even though ESPN had a report yesterday that was wildly inaccurate. That aside, what do you make of this situation? Is this what Jorge... That should have done, but did Colby have it coming, as some people say, or is Colby just a complete victim, as others might say? I, I think it's all of the above, and, and I don't want to say that because it's like, we should take a side. Who's wrong? Well, I mean, they're all wrong here, Luke, uh, in a lot of ways. It's it's true to the brand. It's true to street code. It's true what street Jesus Jorge Masvidal has been telling us for years, and suddenly you're seeing all these old interviews pop up of like him and Ariel and him and, you know, way back of just saying about the, the sucker punch, the 50-yard dash that's been part of his branding and who he is. So for Jorge... It, the timing kind of sucks because, you know, you just had your chance to do that to him in the cage and, and you came up empty. So is it him just protecting his brand to look cool and not caring about the potential financial and legal impl- implications? Probably, Luke. So is Colby Covington a victim? Of course, in the legal sense and in the real life sense. But is he also now finally coming up due on all of the all those advances he made, uh, you know, um, cash advances over the microphone of calling people out and and now those receipts are coming due. It's a little bit of that too, Luke. This is one of the strangest situations in a way because you'd never want to victim blame if you can avoid it. And I was trying to think like, how do we assess a situation like this, which I think is somewhat unusual. Um, not that fighters getting into altercations or whatever, or even just two men of this age demographic getting into altercations. I don't mean it that way, but here's what I do mean. Clearly at that moment in time, if the allegations are true, Colby Covington is, in fact, very much a victim, and there's just no two ways about that. You cannot live in a society where people can just go and attack people physically for reasons that they may not like them. I didn't like what you said. These cannot be allowed under any circumstance. Yeah. And if Jorge did that, it is cataclysmically stupid. However, what I would also say is, if someone asked you why this happened, what would you say? You'd be like, I have no idea how this could possibly have happened. Like, how, Why would Jorge ever... Do something like this. In, in fact, Colby told the police reportedly that one of the things that the assailant said was, you shouldn't have been talking about my kids. I don't want to victim blame, but I, I will say this, BC. The first lesson I ever got from my manager, the, the first time I ever was a bouncer, and he was talking about why we were allowed to use force on patrons. I just want to be clear about that. <laughs> um, he said, if you fuck with people long enough, do not be surprised when you succeed. There was a, the mm. video in TMZ, Colby Covington's like, how did he know I was here? I don't know how he knew he was there. I don't know any of those things. But it wouldn't be surprising if he followed him. It wouldn't be surprised if he just happened to be there. Either way, dude, if you are driving your car at night 
and you have you need oh my god I need to get milk for my kid right before I get home or whatever for the next morning and you happen to stop in like a bad area of town and you know you're just passing you're through like, excuse me sir can, can you give me directions to the interstate <laughs> man fuck your mama <laughs> yeah but I'm pointing out imagine something bad happens you would never sort of say well you shouldn't I mean yes maybe you should think twice about where you stop but like you would never see like oh the the reason why all this bad happened is because you stopped for milk. You would never say that. That's an honest attempt to just live life normally, yeah, right? Yeah. It might be it might be somewhat bad risk management, but they're just living an honest life. However, if you've been attacked previously by other fighters, Verdum throwing the 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 damn boomerang, the boomerang, and, and the more than that, line. the buffet line, and you go through this this course of action, dude, you are running a ri- these are not people who play by the rules that you play yeah. by. So you can say Colby should never have had that happen to him, and I completely agree. But are we supposed to just chuck out rationality here and say, if people are telling you that they're street goons and they're going to do this, it might be a decent idea to believe them. If you want to speak out on things on a principled stance, like it's important for me to have these opinions, and again, no one should be able to punch someone in the face for things that they say. Of course not. Of course not. But, dude, like... He played with fire this whole yeah. time yeah. in ways that other fighters assiduously avoid. Are we supposed to feel bad about that? I'm not sure what the right answer is. No, we're is. not supposed to feel bad about that. And there is something I certainly want to make you look at. And it's like, is Colby now a slave to a page in Jorge's rhyme book? I try on the show. Yeah. <laughs> I, I try. Just, I did slide into it like a like I was you know a I brand try. new Cadillac. I make a know? good faith effort in trying. No, Luke, I. It's all ridiculous, but yes, there's a street receipt to pay potentially, but there's a risk on that side too, and that's Jorge. So in taking that risk to protect his you know code and just a guy he hates. Jorge has to believe and understand, though, Luke, how the media machine works and how you create attention on social media and beyond. And for whatever price he has to pay in fines or in, you know, court fees or whatever ends up coming and a felony is a damn felony at the end of the day. If that goes to that full limit, um, he had to be thinking, I'm also going to gain something beyond cred with this is he thinking this is how i get a second pay-per-view fight because i saw no i don't think when, yeah, i don't think that's anything but because it. i saw when connor and habib put together real emotion at that level it was the largest selling pay-per-view in the history of the sport Dude, you think this is about selling pay-per-views i think it's the exact opposite i'm not telling you anything the foundation of it is that i'm asking you what percentage for someone who is as smart as jorge as crazy enough to, to pull this off and think it's normal and regular but also smart enough in crazy like a fox. You don't think it's 10%, 20% no. going, you know, I, I am going to get another payday out of this. No, I'm going to get I, a monster payday. Dude, out Jorge of this. Masvidal has been telling. Uh, see, here's the problem a lot of people copy the either the, the style, maybe some of the words, something like that, of what people like Jorge Masvidal say. And it sounds pretty similar. But Jorge Masvidal has been telling y'all who he is. The guy has been fighting in the streets with Kimbo Slice didn't finish high school, worked his way up to this position in his life, but has been consistently telling people, I'm a street goon. (laughs) Like, he's not – people didn't take him at his word, apparently. They thought it was all bluffing or something. Much akin to Bill Cosby planting those seeds in that documentary. No, I'm serious about that, though. The comedy bits, the Cosby Show barbecue sauce scene. You're killing me. This is the – okay. All right. I'm not sure what to say about this. Look, this is radio. You love radio. This is not radio, and I don't know why you have to derail the conversation when we're not done with it. But um, I'm not done with it. I enhanced it, Luke. But who uh, do you feel bad for? 
Neither. Yeah, I don't think I feel bad for either one of them. Dude, here's the thing. If Jorge did it, he made a clear choice to do it. Like, he made a clear choice to do it, if he did it. And Colby, again, no one has a right to go do that to people, but I don't know how you can say the things he said and walk around and think, nothing will happen to me. Like I don't know how that's you not the world we see that part of this is Jorge knowing he's going to cash in millions for it, though. I would actually, I want to ask you this then, because here's why I disagree with that. Because the rivalry was dead before this. It was dead. We saw the final product. The rivalry was, was dead, but there's, they're not going to make another fight from this. There's no way the UFC... Well, Dude, I, okay, they okay. could. They could, Luke, actually. You're right. They 100% will make another fight from this. Like, come on. No, no, I don't think that they will. But, but here's, here's what I want to point out. This is, what, this is the one thing that I do think we should talk about for just one second. It may... It, let's, let's assume you're right, that it could increase potential chances in another fight. I, I tend to disagree with that, but... This is pro wrestling with consequences. I actually feel, yeah, I actually feel like it's a bit brand damaging. I actually feel like there's people out there being like, really, you lost this fight, which you had a chance to do all these things you wanted to do. You, you, you didn't do it. And then when you get the chance to sucker punch a guy in the street, you do that, which, by the way, now you could potentially face legal Okay, it's a villainous sport. move, but I think it's more of a Stone Cold Steve Austin, hey, the bad Dude, guy is you, the good guy Your move. brain has been a little bit rewired by too much pro wrestling. True, but you have think, to understand the Jorge, mindset. You think Jorge, with a little bit of his mind, was like, I can repurpose this for sale. 100%. No. I'll take the legal fees. I'll take the damage in to the reputation. In by the way, general, I, the, in general, I think that's true, but, to but say, for this act, I don't. But to call this a damage to the reputation, when his... His foundation of his 2019 breakthrough commercially was the two punch combination no, it was the that he landed on Leon yes, Edwards, yes. the three piece in the soda, whatever you want to call it. Like that was the yeah, foundation after of that. he had knocked out Darren Till, not after he had lost a five round fight to the guy he just sucker punched in the street. I get the difference, and you're right on the difference between the two, but to act like that is not a you know, how whatever percentage you want to ascribe to it, a fifth, a third of his motivation. What other multi-million dollar, you know, giant pay-per-view main events does he have left? Connor, maybe. A Diaz brother, maybe. But it's, th there's very few times when you get to this level and you get a taste of it that, that you can reproduce it without consistently needing to win those fights, Luke. He skirted around that by playing this role already. The pay-per-view B-side who's going to help you sell it because of the street cred and all that. Oh, he became an A-side for the BMF fight, and it was great. But now he knows his role commercially and to keep himself around longer. I'm just saying, would he be like that if there was no, if there was guaranteed to be no, no fight? Would he still do that? He might still do that because that's who he is, Luke. But to act like this isn't part of, I'm going to get a pay-per-view main event rematch, grudge match now out of this. No, I don't we think We saw so. what happened with the, with, the, with the dolly through the window, Luke. It's like printing cash. John that's Jones and Rashad different, Evans, dude, different circumstances, but people circumstance. want that shit. Khabib and Connor hadn't fought by that point. These guys just fought. They just fought. So is this now a trilogy? Does you think this, that this does this count as a win in 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 their rivalry for for Jorge? Now we got to do a trilogy. If they press charges, it's a definite L. It's a definite L in that case. I mean, especially taking to social media afterwards, and again, not necessarily making any reference to any particular one incident, but seemingly taunting the guy that. News reporters were saying you had just sucker punched in the face. Um, I, I get your point. I would never deny that if they wanted to, they could repurpose that to the to a different uh, level. All true. Having lived through what they did with Connor and the Dolly, how could you say no? But I don't. I, again, I don't think people are taking Jorge Masvidal at his word when he tells you who he is. It might be worth listening to him. You don't have to like it or. Again, if you want to speak out against things, speak out against things. But if you want to insult people's families relentlessly, no, the people who you insulted don't have a right to do anything. 
That doesn't mean that they won't. That doesn't mean that they won't. And we Luke, have appeared to arrive at this moment. He just reinvented his character with this moment. I'm not I, glorifying I it, but I'm did. saying in his mind, he did. The relevance factor again. Being a, you know, Luke, I'm telling you, you can't overlook that shit, dude. He's smarter than you think. No, no, I've always known him to be smart. I've, I said it on the pregame preview. That was actually, he was. Um but, you know, it's because he had been, been he had been making up to that point pretty calculated decisions, and I don't know. And what the UFC this one was. will repurpose it, and you should repurpose the Cosby joke. The, the delivery was at the perfect time. You could have played that shit and just like olayed that highlight style. You know what I'm saying, Luke? I can't wait to leave. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> have you? Why didn't we go to Poppy Steak? We should have gone to Poppy Steak last night. Imagine the timing. Imagine if us on like a dinner with our bosses, yeah. happens to be at the same damn restaurant where that breaks out and we're fucking on the scene, live morning, co- live morning combat emergency broadcast right now from our phones. You know okay? what I would have done if we had like, like if we had gone live on Instagram or whatever? I'd be like, yo, hit us up about a Delta 8 sponsorship. <laughs> I'm trying to get one of them. Hit me up about your Latin relatives. You know what up. I mean? We're, yeah. we're, in the, we're in the mecca of that right here. Um, okay, we'll see what happens with that. Point number two. All right, we do have, in fact, a UFC fight night this weekend. UFC fight night, Blades versus Dawkus. You see, we open up with the main event. Curtis Blades taking on Chris Dawkus. Two guys who have more so Curtis Blades. Uh, Curtis Blades Curtis Blades has tasted the top of this division a number of times and just come up a little bit, well, in some cases, dramatically short. Yeah, but it's like, is he, a, is he a bad luck guy now? Is he a guy who we know is talented enough to get to the title shot level? 100%. But is he just a bad luck guy and that will and he'll just never get over that hump? Well, I don't know. But Chris Dawkins has a chance where he loses to Derek Lewis and now he gets to take on Curtis Blades. And I gotta tell you, with Curtis Blades being out there, that's a very tough rebound fight. But if he beats Chris excuse me, if he beats um, Curtis Blades, he he almost gets the exact same thing, not in terms yeah. of reputation, but in terms of elevation that he would have gotten had he beaten Derek Lewis. This is actually a pretty decent mulligan for him, albeit a very tough this fight. A great, this is a well-matched fight. This is a great fight on paper for what it represents to both guys and the ways you just laid it out in terms of advancement, redemption for Blades, but also built-in redemption for Dawkins because while he's still rising, Luke, and still learning, he sort of had a, a level-check moment in that knockout loss. So... For him to come right back in this, it's a great opportunity to prove it to us. Look, this is my perfect kind of fight night main event. Why? I love this fight. Why? Just for the, both guys are going to come in hungry as shit, and they're going to let it go, Luke. And there'll be skill and and, and technique and all that, but there's going to be a lot of heart too, Luke. I mean, if you're Blades, can you drag this guy through the ringer? If you're Blades, you cannot lose this fight. Right. So what is your, what, which lane of desperation? Now it's calculated desperation. But which lane of calculated desperation are you more likely to play? I'm going to rely on my power to make a big statement, or I'm just going to work him through that grinder of wrestling. And, you know, if he gets up, then I take him right back down. Curtis Blades has gone out of his way to tell people he is not going to fight in a way that might please them. He is going to do whatever yeah. he needs to do to win fights. So if you're, if you're Chris Dawkins, your task is difficult, but it's pretty clear. It's pretty clear. If you can't stop the takedown, you probably can't win. Simple as that. Um, but his hands are surprising. Yes, it, they for, are. For as much as Aspinall is showing us in not just hand speed, but like every category and some of the intangible categories. Tom Aspinall is special and he's coming on. At least in the category of striking, Chris Dawkins seems like it could be very special. At least in that. At least in setting up his punches, adding variety to the combinations, and then the hand speed with it. He's got deficiencies in other areas, but in that area, he's, he's well above average. Certainly, but I would let me give you these odds. 
Curtis Blades is sitting, according to our friends over at Caesars, at a minus 400. Chris Dawk is at about a plus 310. That's more or less true everywhere else you look. Um, I got to tell you, I agree with the odds. I think this fight got made not because this is the most natural pairing. My read on this is that they got made because they needed to give these guys fights and this was all that was either available or whoever said yes. And those are the fights that end up being memorable because, you know, it wasn't romantically paired together. It, but yet it's important in the end for, for, the, for the winner to advance and put their story in the, back in the right lane and, and back on the tracks. So sometimes those, that, those become accidental um, gems, Luke. And I got that feeling. I got that feeling about this Dude, fight. Curtis Blades, okay? obviously he rebounded after Derek Lewis against... Um, Jairzinho Rosenstrike, he's only 31. 31, and with yeah. Tom Aspinall making a big noise and Taito Ivasa making big noise, I get that, that there would be a lot of focus on them. And Curtis Blades, has, as we've talked about, he had two chances against Francis. He fought Derek Lewis, but he's had a couple, and uh, some other ones as well. But I got to say, I do feel like Curtis Blades, for as good as I think he is, and I do think he's very good, He's a little bit forgotten in this division. A little bit forgotten. Yes, because every time he's supposed to break through, it it fails. And it, and, I, and when I say you know, could he be a bad luck guy? I'm not trying to say all his setbacks or are just bad luck. I mean, you know, he just he got he became the nail against the hammer against the elites in this division a couple times now at certain key moments. But Luke, here's my key question about Curtis Blades: When he is fighting just a, just a tier down from elite level competition, you see it, it's almost like. If I'm playing basketball with the old guys and I know I got a quicker step on them, even though I'm washed myself, you know, I can play a different style than if I'm against contemporaries my age who, who are, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I got to play a different position if that's going to happen. When he's against guys who are a step down, offensively, he begins to show you that he's a well-rounded force with knockout. I mean, look what he did to JDS. It was like he put that shit together and you're like, oh, shit. But we don't see that version of him against the top, top level guys. Maybe sometimes that's just styles make that. And then he makes a mistake and he loses the fight. Can he be that well-rounded and offensively impressive against guys better than him, Luke? If he can't connect that and become that and at least be willing to go out swinging? Because I don't feel like – do you feel like when he does get solved, it's not, it's not him because he took some big risk. It's sometimes wrong place, wrong time against the wrong fighter at that wrong moment. talk about Curtis Blades. Yes. Well, in fairness, I, I need to did wrong myself. I, I thought one of these was a loss. It's not. He only has losses, two of them to Francis, and then one to Derek Lewis. That's it. I know that's it. He's beating everyone so, else. It's, which so includes I'm being hypercritical because yeah. I'm basically asking you, do you think he can really make the leap to the title level, which his finishes and ability and wins have shown us that it's in him. I think if he can stay injury-free and not take too much damage, because obviously getting viciously KO'd the way he did was bad. There's been a, even in the of the Volkov fight, it was just grueling in a way that it maybe didn't need to be, even if he was dominant with the wrestling. What I would say is at 31, with as good as his record has been, beating these are the guys he's beaten: Rosenstrike, Volkov, JDS, Shamil Abdurakhimov, Justin Willis, Alistair Overeem, Mark. Some good Hunt. ass wins, dude. Those are some solid fucking wins he's got on his resume, but. The ones that are the losses sort of tell you ah, there might be an issue there, although one of them is, two of them are to one person. So what I would say is, at 31, he needs to do one of two things in this fight. One, come out with your exact same strengths, but let us know that like they are very much as good, if not better, than they've ever been. Or mix up the game by showing us that, not that you can just stand with anyone you want. I think standing with Chris Dawkins with his hand speed and his aggression over time, probably not the best idea. But you got to have variety. But you got to yeah. mix. You got to yep. mix. So if he, can, if he can effectively mix here, that to me would be the, the right next step. Beating strikers the way you're supposed to beat strikers is one thing. You know, but, but can you, uh, just by you know, wrestling the whole time. 
I want to see a little more evolution. I see. I just I feel an imbalance in the, in the losses, or or maybe in some of the wins where like the Volkov win is a, is a strong win for him on his record, but he's also heavily crivel, uh, criticized for how the the second half of that fight went. That he sort of ran yes. out of gas and sort of so. What I'm saying is, I want to see him execute at that well-rounded level. Sometimes he'll pick a lane, most often wrestling, and just stay down that. But Luke, do you think? And this is digging deep, but you know, he kind of turned on the promotion and was one of those early guys during that same time. John Jones was making headlines about saying, "I want uh, Deontay Wilder money," mm -hmm. and then suddenly you had I had him on my podcast during that time. You've got Blades openly saying, "No, we aren't paid well. We aren't treated right," and then. Dana turned on him after that. Mm -hmm. And it just so happened that Blades followed those comments, uh, you know, in not his best performance. So I feel like he just kind of got kind of set. He kind of brought it upon himself accidentally and then didn't really recover from that well. Although yet, hey, BC, for all that criticism, he still only lost to two guys in, in, in you know, in, in impressive fashion. But I think he's got the skills to get there, Luke. You, you not only have to beat Dawkins, but you, you kind of have to dominate him, though, to make that announcement. A little bit. I mean, here's the thing. We saw how good he was for his like late 20s, early 30-year-old push. Right, That push told us he could beat most guys, but not the very best. So if you want, if you want in your 30s for that to change, there has to be a clear demonstration of growth. Now, yeah. whether it's this fight or the next one or whenever is entirely up to him. We'll have to see. But that's sort of what's missing here. And by the way, this tells you exactly that like this fight, this fight was only made because this is who said yes and who was available. Curtis Blades is sitting at four. The people next to him are Taito Ivasa and Derek Lewis. Uh, his opponent is at, where is he? Chris Dawkins, number nine. Four versus nine. You don't see that a lot. Usually there's one, maybe two differences in integer for yeah. the ranking. Here there's, you know, basically they're five spots apart. Um, that's unusual, super unusual. So they're not, no one wants to fight Curtis Blades, who's already fought him, or in around that area, I guess. Tied to Ivasa, they have other plans for, or whatever they're going to do. This is where I they mean, he's up. a tough, tough ass out. It's, it's, I mean, he, would you agree though? He should, like, in his career arc, he should have beat Derek Lewis. Like, that, yeah, I know he ends up losing by he knockout. Beat Derek Lewis, that yeah. was the moment it, feel, it felt like everything came together for him the momentum, the, all that. And I mentioned sort of falling on the skids with the company. In hindsight, did that break, you know, did that hurt him? I don't know. But he looked like he was ready then, but maybe he had one more lesson to learn. That's why you like the matchmaking here. And um, let's see if Chris Dawkins, who this would be a monster comeback win for him in terms of reputation and all that, let's see if he can put himself back in. Tuivasa Aspinall territory again in terms of respect on his name, Luke, uh, for his potential. Your co-main event, Joanne Wood, formerly Joanne Calderwood, taking on now Alexa Grasso. Uh, BC, jo fight. Joanne Wood has lost three of her last four. Alexa Grasso has won three of her last yep. four, including beating Macy Barber in her last contest. Love this fight. Love it. But this is a bit of a do-or-die fight for Joanne Wood. Absolutely. And they're, they're not doing any, her any favors, but they, at the same time, they're giving her opportunity to revive herself during this streak of losing three of four and not going in the right direction. Luke, uh, Grasso at this new weight class is very intriguing. She really is because you wondered at first, could she have the same impact? But, you know, she's not a knockout puncher, but she can really let her hands go. She's a very clean boxer. Um, how far away is she yet from being a completely well-rounded fighter, though, where you're like, okay, let's, let's fit her for a title shot now? Yeah, I mean, I think that 
as you indicated, her jab and her boxing has always been good. That has stayed good. And I would say that her defensive fundamentals in terms of like where she gets to and when she gets taken down or someone tries to take her down, not just that her takedown defense has improved, but knowing all the different steps of disengaging and understanding where you need to be in a fight, like putting the defense to good use with smart tactical decisions. It's not just stopping a takedown. There's actually a lot more that goes into it. In that sense, I think she has shown tremendous growth. I still wonder, it's like, have you weaponized your ground game? That, that's the difference not for yet. me. And again, if you're Israel Adesanya, you can kind of get away with not weaponizing the parts of the game that aren't the forefront of it because the thing that is at the forefront is so, so dominant that you can kind of just get away with that. But if you're not Adesanya, you can't really get away with that, at least not as much. For me in this contest, and by the way, on uh, Alexa Grasso sitting at nine, Joanne Wood sitting at seven, so this one tells you it's a little bit more of a coordinated pairing. This is a big opportunity for Alexa Grasso. It is. Globo Gym, and if you guys haven't seen it, Danny Segura has a whole piece called, um, I think it's Las Mujeres de Globo Gym, or uh, the Las Mujeres of Globo Gym, whatever, whatever it's called. Lo Lobo Gym, I'm saying Globo like a gym. Lobo Gym uh, in, in Mexico. He's got a, a fantastic little documentary he put together for that. You should go check that out. Um, I mean, this could be a if if this turns like it could go, and drawing wood is tough, and there's you know this is gonna be a fight. But if Grasso can have like this could be her moment. This could be her announcement moment in terms of that she legitimately is a future title contender here. And obviously the the cupboard is so bare because Valentina's just you know just having Lighting her way. Up. I mean, you know what what she did to Andrade. I mean, like, are you kidding me? I mean, you know, Valentina just fuck, just just put it on. I mean, she just I mean. I mean, look, it was like a crucifix with elbows to the face. I mean, it was like yes. um, Tatiano Suarez, who, by the way, has a win over Grasso, is still the long-term dark horse. Well, if she can get it back together and be healthy, let's see what she looks like. But after that, Luke, it's not that there's names screaming at you of I want to see what it looks like when she faces Valentina. So no, here's by, by any means. So could Grasso get in that lane? She's Luke, you're not going to have a lot of time to build yourself is what I'm saying. She's on a two-fight win streak. Yeah, she's only 28 years old, so maybe there's still time to grow, but... It's kind of now or never to make that move. It might be. I mean, here's the funny part about it. There are several people who she hasn't fought yet who are ranked far in front of her. But this is the funny part about it. So Tyla Santos is the next title shot. Which, which I like. I like. Which is a great one. But here's the funny part. She's sitting at five in the rankings. You're like, they went to the fifth person? Well, they didn't have much of a choice. Number one, Andrade. We've already seen it. Chukagan, already seen it. Murphy, already seen it. Maya, already seen it, which leaves Tyla Santos. Now, after that, it's Vivian Arujao, who I think still has some work to do. Oh, that's a hell of a pronunciation. And then, and then it's Joanne Wood. So here's my point, BC. If Grasso beats Wood and can take the seventh spot in the rankings, which is an if, but let's say she can do that, she would only be two spots behind the person who already got is getting a title shot. You only have to make it to, like, number six at this point in your rankings Dude, you, to get a title <laughs> shot because everyone else has already gotten it. When you're at this point and everyone else has already lost to Valentina at least once and dominantly as well, you're, you're, one, you're one impressive win from, from just parachuting right in. Yes. And while that is weird because it's not fully democratic and, and tells you who's the most deserving, it's just sort of, oh, we haven't seen that person against there. You can find random success stories and random bits of magic. And, and maybe some of that might explain Juliana Pena, although her circumstance was different and she'd been out a while for an injury, but it does create that that mystery of what is still inevitable, and that's Valentina doing that dance, Luke, at the end of it, okay? 
Was it better or worse than your dance at Sanford MMA yesterday? You know, Josh Gross on Twitter called it an interpretive dance. Yeah, I was interpreting violence, Josh. Okay, you know, I was I was bringing it. Interpreting. You know, interpreting through my my filter, my personal filter, through my soul. Luke, show okay? that everyone that piss you're drinking. Pull that out. Let's show that to the camera. Guy just he's like, yo, I hit up Juan Manuel Marquez before the show. I was like, yo, urinating. Yeah, this. it's you know, it's it's gonna keep me healthy, Luke, for the travel. You know, that's the thing. You yeah. pissed. I mean, this shirt makes zero. me look spectacular and less washed, less washed. But um, you know, I also have to work on the body. Listen, right? I'm not gonna say you look like someone abducted you and just dumped you on the curb this morning like me, but you're not much better. You look a little bit better. Who's speaking to me here? What do we got going on? I don't hear them. Are they talking to you back there? Oh, he Mikey says the uh, our producer Mikey Mormile says. Uh, that's not what the chat says about my shirt. But you know how misogynist those people are, Luke, okay? Yeah. A lot of racist jokes in that chat. <clears throat> if we can clean that up, Mike, if you can clean up um, aisle uh, eight over there in the chat and just uh, expel those folks, okay? Um, okay. So those are the two. Those are the main and the co-main. Oops, on that card. Uh, in addition, there's some other interesting ones. One more I wanted to talk about. Askar Askarov taking on Kai Kara France. Dude. This Dude. is a this is this might be the best fight on the card in terms of relevant high level pairings that yes. have significant implications for the Hell division. Yeah. Luke, I, you could argue that, and we're going to talk about it later in the show. But you know, um, the title position in this division is there's two guys that are locked up and they're and they're they're fighting each other a lot. You could argue that Askarov should be this should be his title shot right now. Luke. Askarov sitting he's, at two. Uh, he's, I think France he's already deserved it and earned it. And he's got that draw with Moreno, right? Mm -hmm. Askarov, that was mm -hmm. exciting as shit that if anything proves how elite he is. But just look at his other performance. Look, he's well-rounded and nasty. He's kind of weird looking too, Luke. And I say that like in a in a nice way. Like he's like warrior, Luke. You know what I mean? Yeah, like he he hasn't fought since March of 2021 when he beat Joseph Benavidez. But prior to that, he beat Pantoja, Tim Elliott, had the draw with Moreno. Like and, he lives this life, Luke. He could play a character and his, and in a medieval movie, Luke. He is okay? undefeated overall. So um, a hell of a contest. Now, Kai Kara France was a guy. Remember, he was on the Ultimate Fighter when they did the flyweight season, and you know didn't have his best showing there. But to me, has really come around. Obviously, everyone is going to be remembering him from his big win over Cody Garbrandt. As I pull up his profile here on my effing phone or my uh, thing. Uh, all right, but his last two wins, Hogerio Bontarin after he lost to Brendan Royville, although that was a, a ridiculous scrap for a long time. They so, all look, they all are, aren't they? So this is the thing. No, he lost to Brandon. Yes. They all fucking are. This so he, division he loses to Moreno in twenty nineteen, which is like, okay, Moreno, we turned out to be who he was. Beats Tyson Nam, loses to Brendan Royville, but there was a, that was a ridiculous contest for as long as it lasted. And then rebounded against Hogerio Bontarin and then Cody Garbrandt in his last two fights. BC, I gotta say, that those two wins to me don't count on the level of what an Askarov win would mean. Yes. But that's precisely the point. He has put himself in a position to go get a win like I that. I don't think you can downgrade the Cody experience at all, even though we know where Cody Garbrandt is. I don't Garbrandt know about his is. chin at this level. Man. I know that it's, we know that, but when you think about that size difference and the fact that Cody was still going to be a dangerous puncher for, at least, for as long as that would go, I'm not trying to stand here and say that this is a, you know, what level of Cody this is, but name value mixed with, okay, if they're going to give you that guy, and if that guy, that name isn't that guy anymore, you better dispose of him. Look, he had a you better dispose of him type performance out there, KK France. I'm not sure if we looked at him as that type of guy. Or maybe we weren't looking close enough, Luke. Maybe we weren't watching that live cam on the inside of City Cockboxing, Luke. You know what I'm talking about? All right, topic number three. We're just going to move on from there. There's some other That's good your gym. That, that's your team, Luke. Yep. All right, topic number three. Let's talk about some Bellator news. So it's actually a little bit um, sad. Uh, there's good parts, there's bad parts. Let's start with the bad part, which has a different kind of good part. The bad part is, for Bellator London, 
It was supposed to be MVP um, fighting Yaroslav Amosov for the welterweight title. Great fight. Which was just an unbelievable fight and a really difficult one for MVP. He still has a difficult fight, but he's not going to take on Amosov. He instead is going to take on Logan Storley, who just had the biggest win of his career, taking on Neiman Gracie, which is a great fight. If you haven't seen it, go check it and out. And he gutted that out. He gutted he that gu- out. And he really gutted it out. Speaking of Sanford MMA, that's where he's at. So that's the good part. That will be for the interim Bellator Welterweight Championship. But we have seen it from these Ukrainian athletes, not just the fighters. There's tennis players who all went back. A lot of people who are of Ukrainian descent or Ukrainian nationals who may not live there or you know, have guys like who are boxers who kind of live in a lot of different places during the course of the year. They have all gone back to Ukraine to fight for it and this war with Russia. Uh, you could add Amosov to that list. He is occupied um, with what is going on there, as Much you can well imagine. So Much. a ton of respect. B.C., is this a better fight for MVP or a worse fight for MVP? Not that we're saying Storley is equivalent to Amosov, although they were pretty goddamn close when they fought, but he is a little bit different. How does this change things for MVP? It's a better fight for MVP. And obviously not by a ton because you saw when the current champion Amosov did fight Storley. And were we legit calling that one of the best fights in Bellator history? I mean, yeah, it wasn't it was, Alvarez for, for three, Chandler. For three round fights, yes. Not fireworks on Alvarez Chandler level, no. but but just a great fight. Super great fight. So they're close, but I think this is a better matchup style-wise because for as much as Logan Sterling did gut out that win against Neiman Gracie, and again, full credit to him, and dude, we gave Gracie his props in terms of the toughness and standing in there, but a guy who's not a, a huge striker did kind of piece up story. I mean, he had to walk through it to get and, there. And, and, couldn't go, and couldn't go to his wrestling, which in this fight with MVP, now, of course, he has to get the takedown, but you would imagine get the takedown is going to be high on the list, yes. something that was not available against Gracie. So I think Storley in this last fight proved a lot to himself, most importantly, after that performance before in the homecoming fight where he, uh, who was the guy he beat? You remember the, the guy he just beat? And he didn't look great. Who? He went the distance. This is Storley in the fight before. Oh, I, I forget the name. It was in South Dakota or whatever. And it was. you know he and he he looked. I don't say bad, but he looked bad, Luke. You know what I'm saying? There was just there was a disconnect there. Did he repair that with that victory? I think for himself, yes. But for us on the title level, I think we still have a lit. Do I have a little bit of doubt? I got a little bit of doubt. Like his upper bound limits to steal your word, Logan Storley is still as strong as ever. He redeemed that against Gracie. But he didn't, he didn't close all the doors of questioning of exactly who he is. I'm not questioning his toughness, but is he as completely well-rounded and skilled right. as he'll need to be to be a champion? I think he can get there. I don't know if he's there right now, though, Luke. And that question only enhances this matchup because um, MVP is not the guy to F with. And this, you know, not, not the guy to make a mistake against. Not the guy you'll walk into some shit. Um, it's still the same contrast and style, though, that the MSL fight broke. The, per, potential of which I like you want to see if MVP can win a fight despite the fact that his biggest weakness is his opponent's biggest strength hmm. that's still in play for MVP if Sterling can take and, him down and grind him into the dirt Luke and Logan Storley is going to be in hostile territory here MVP pulls a decent crowd yeah. for the Bellator show so that's going to be tough for him so as well I forgot Logan Storley's from South Dakota dude yep. so he's probably many times grabbed the boys put on that lumberjack shirt that you wore with Cannibal Corpse that time mm-hmm. go down to Deadwood Hit the casinos and just slay, just clean up. All right. Also, Sergio Pettis is out of the bantamweight tournament. BC, we talked about this on CBS Sports HQ yesterday. Bellator I still. Mean, you know, I mean, it's okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Bellator. I mean, dude, I, I know you believe that every punchline deserves to be like tweeted out and then put in the museum of modern assholes. 
I mean, but like, it doesn't. Like, Most of your jokes are quite. You know, it doesn't have to be an too. ace every serve. We can volley a little. You know what I mean? But I, I don't mean, want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So Sergio Pettis pulls out of the bantamweight tournament, which sucks because he was the champion. So you, whoever wins this, yes, you're going to get the million dollars. Yes, you're going to have to beat tough guys to do it. But you can't technically say you're the undisputed champion of the world. You will have an interim title that they'll have to have about with with Sergio later. In steps in Juan Archuleta, who was already Ooh. in the tournament, and again they haven't made the bracket, so they've been able to shuffle things around. So we don't know who the replace who. who who the alternate is that's going to get bumped that's right. up. We, we don't, we don't have that name yet or how it's all going to play out. But we're going to have Kyoji Horiguchi taking on Patchy Mix on that Hawaii card. That's a great card. Rafael Stotts is going to take on Juan Archuleta for that interim title. So things are moving. Don't get me wrong. They're moving. But it does suck to lose the champion in the tournament itself. It does. But there's elements in terms of saving face. And you're not that this is a save face situation. But in terms of being dealt with a setback, which it is with Pettis not being able to perform, and now he's out of the tournament. And we're hearing some people say, like, it could be a, a while that he's out. We don't know the exact injury. They've seemed to kept that up to this point. Am I correct? They still haven't revealed yes, that, that publicly? Just that he's out for the year, but I don't know what but that But there's means. some concern, you know, at least rumblings of, you know, if he's out for a year, that's a long time. So that tilts the, the like, do you want this fight to be an interim title fight? At, at first, I'm like, I don't know if it should be. But if he's going to be out a year... You just as easily could have said, this is the fight, but the winner of the tournament is the interim champion, because obviously that's what they'll be anyway. Right. And the idea of the winner now gets the shot at the full title, I think it adds an unexpected cliffhanger that's going to carry the story of this division a little bit longer, and you get another big payday, and again, BC, all, you're all about pro wrestling, but in terms of selling, I think it, it may help them long-term. But in the short-term, dude, Archuleta is hungry to prove... Um, that he is still on this level despite being 37 and despite losing a competitive but, you know, clear loss to Sergio Pettis. Yes, but that was also the best performance of Sergio Pettis' career. Absolutely. So that, he had, he, that, was the, that was the fight where he leveled up. And we talked, you know, Juan was, uh, was on HQ, Juan Archuleta, when this broke, what, yesterday? And you and I right. were on set and we heard Tommy Tran talking to him. And, you know, Juan says you're going to see a much different version of himself. And I think he needs to be Luke. Juan Archuleta, to get to that next, next level, you say, well, he was already the champion. He was. But to get to the next level where you're a defending consistent and you develop a title reign, Luke, he does need to add wrinkles to that game. I agree with that. Um, so we'll have to see. And it may not matter because Rafael Stantz is coming up. Yeah, he might just be the, whole, the, the champion when it's yeah. all said and done anyway. So we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, Gegard Mousasi has a title fight lined up. I've been talking about this dude. I've been trying to warn everyone. Now, I still don't know if this might be a bit too much too soon for him, to be quite candid with you. However, one of the most unheralded middleweights in all of MMA is this guy, Johnny Eblen, out of American Top Team. He's undefeated in Bellator, and he is very good. Just beat John Salter. So in June, he is going to have the biggest fight of his career by a million miles when he takes on Gegard Mousasi. He called him out, Johnny Eblen did, after his win over Salter. Listen, in terms of the ranking position and who else was there, Bellator doesn't have much of a choice in who they can give this belt to. I mean, they have the choice, but like the ones that are available, the best one is Johnny Eblen, who I think is very, very talented, but he barely has like 10 or 11 or 12 yeah. fights. Not many. I mean, the, the gap in experience between yeah. Eblen and Musasi is a, the Grand Canyon. Uh, BC, I was wrong about Vanderford, so I don't want to shit on the moose uh, here if, if, by saying incorrect things. I like Eblen's wrestling. And I like what he can do with it. But in a five-round contest against Gegard Mousasi, is this too much too soon? There's been a trend lately in Bellator where the young fighters that are coming into these big, almost crossroad matchups, and this is a title fight, but it's also in some ways potentially a crossroads matchup on paper, is the, the, the young have been eating the old. You're seeing Vadim Nemkov. You're seeing 
Yaroslav Amosov, you know, Juliana Velasquez. Yaroslav Amosov. Absolutely, and it's true. Uh, <laughs> Juliana Velasquez on the, on the women's side in Bellator. Like, when that person's coming on, they've been coming through and breaking through. So it may just be that for Johnny Eplin, but he needs to, though, he needs to show us that he's got that next level gear. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a big mountain to climb, but look, his foundation, like it took me a while to realize how good he actually is. And that, that last performance, I think, was the one for a lot of us who weren't up on it early enough of, oh, shit. Oh, yeah, okay. He seemed, you know, because he, he seems to be, not only does he seem like he's been to plenty, like, country rock, um, country music, like, festivals and shit. I mean, he's like, it looks like he's about that life, Luke. You know what I mean? Has he been to Florabama? I'm, I'm going to guess. You, you know? ever been to Florabama? Uh, I've been to the Redneck Riviera, Luke. Biloxi, Mississippi, that area. That's what know? they call it, the Redneck Riviera. I thought Daytona was the Redneck Riviera. I think a lot of people are, are stealing a little bit of that label <laughs> in that whole greater area, Luke. It's like know? every mediocre public college is like, we're the Ivy of the, we're the Ivy League of whatever yeah, state they're there's in. There's only it's like, one no, Harvard, Luke. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's only one. Yeah. Um, anyway, they're going to fight. Cut. Uh, and then last but not least, Bellator is going to go back to Dublin in the spring. So and also, far. it was announced. I don't know if it's the same night as that loaded main card for Bellator in Hawaii coming up. I don't know if it's the, the, the day before because they haven't announced that Friday card yet. Mm -hmm. But what Bellator did announce is in Hawaii on that trip, at least, it's um, Juliana Velasquez defending her title against Liz Carmouche. Yes. So that is... Um, an interesting fight because Carmouche and Velasquez just won it off of Ilya McFarlane. So, but 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 it was a breakthrough win. You know what I mean? It was yep. you know it was, it was like oh was okay yep. she's she's legit. And Carmouche, I wouldn't I was not as high on two fights ago or three fights ago, but she was it Kata Watanabe that she gave it to mm -hmm. and she gave it to her Luke and it's like oh you have that next gear is there it's it's I don't want to say it's back Luke because she's always been wrestle first always a gr gorilla goes after it okay. She didn't go after no, it. In, not against Valentina didn't go, Shevchenko. Didn't go after it in the Shevchenko rematch. I mean, it's not almost, at all. And it's one of those like cardinal sins that you're like, I'm going to hold it against her now moving forward. Okay, she won something back with Watanabe. She also won a title shot, Luke. It's going to be an interesting fight, and it seems to just be another gem added to that card, Luke. Is Fair it? enough. All right, let's move on to boxing. On Showtime this weekend, BC. On Showtime this weekend. Yeah. We tell you all, Showtime.com, 30-day free trial. If you want, you can get it. You can get BC. You can get a lot of things. The price and is amazing. Thirty, Yeah, free 99 free. One of my favorite things is shoplifting. Um, Tim Zhu versus Terrell Gaucher, BC. Very quickly, for MMA fans who might be interested in this because you've been high on Tim Zhu, you got yeah. me interested as a, at a bare minimum. Give me the best way to understand this fight. How should we think about Tim Zhu, Terrell Gaucher? It's, it's a U.S. debut for Tim Zhu, but at the same time, it's a debut test of are you as a lead as you have looked domestically. Everything that Tim Zhu has already accomplished in Australia is impressive. Selling out stadiums. He's been in seven pay-per-view fights already. He's beaten the domestic heroes like Jeff Horn and Dennis Hogan, but he's done it by knockout. I mean, it's not his, that... His most impressive win to date? Probably Jeff Horn. Okay, who and, beat Pacquiao and, 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 and he was stopping these guys. And now, not every fight in Tim Zhu's rise has been, you know, inspiring. You know, there's been some slower decision wins, but Luke, his poise is next level and maybe that's automatic but not always automatic when you're the son of a hall of famer and his data Kostya Zhu, uh born in russia came to life in australia um he was 140 undisputed champion he was a boxer who can also punch do i see in tim already luke exact costa jr no he's a different fighter he's more of a uh a more a more thoughtful boxer heavy jab great hooks to the body but he's a different kind of fighter 
but at least in the intangible so far of poise, confidence, and I think IQ is what he's shown so far. He might be the real, and mm. why this matchup is good is Terrell Gaucher has been a perfect is he, is he elite damaged opponent. Goods? Is he damaged I don't want to say damaged good. It's just I get he, that when you read boxing previews about him, because again, I'm, I'm sort of new. I mean, I've, I've seen a few of his. I mean, fights. damaged good is in play. I just think it's a little yes. too harsh because look. He's been to the title level before. He fought um, Arislandi Lara. So Gaucher is a 2012 Olympian. And he's, you know, he's got the background. He's got the real background. But when he finally got to the title level against Arislandi Lara, it was a boring, non -li you know, lifeless performance he lost. And he did lose a subsequent decision to Erickson Lubin, which is one of Lubin's biggest wins because he outboxed him and really brought it to him. But Gaucher is not only a tough out, his last fight against Jamonte Clark, who's big and long and was a prospect, I mean, he knocked him the hell out in the second round. And Gaucher had another comeback fight a couple before that against Joey Hernandez, and he knocked that dude the hell out in round one. So what it shows you is that Gaucher is better than he's been able to perform, particularly when he steps up. Is that Jamonte Clark just another fool's gold? Okay, he should be beating that guy, but oh, he did knock the hell out of him. Like, is, is Gaucher coming on at this age and, and figuring out how great he can be? It's why he's the perfect test for Zoo at this point, because Gaucher may have more left than we think, or he may have less than left. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those situations where it's not so much what does he have left, it's can he activate himself to a next level? Can he own this fight and not just be the counterpuncher? Can he own it? That's why we're going to need an inspired performance out of him, but he's the perfect text, Gaucher, to find out if Zoo is for real because um, all the big names at 154, and it's great deep division. It's, it's you know, because Brian Castaño and Jermel Charlo for all four belts, the rematch coming up, but there's a lot of other, Erickson Lubin. I mean, where the hell is Jared Hurd? There's a lot of other names. Um, Zoo's got to be in the PBC Showtime universe to get those names. And that's something we did talk about with him when we had him in the studio, Luke. So let's, um, you know, the, him making his U.S. debut is, is huge, but it's also on Showtime, which is huge. Not just the connection to his dad, having fought some of his biggest fights there. But you got to kind of be in the Showtime universe if you want to fight all these big names. Uh, let's hear what Tim Zoo had to say about this. Now, look, I think... Um We've got a good relationship working with PBC Showtime, so you know I think there's plenty of um, there's a, there's definitely a future ahead. And um, at the moment, I'm buzzing from all of this stuff, man. Being in America and, and just having my my first spa here in America uh, the other day was just just incredible. You know, um, it's pretty cool, and you know, for me, it's like a new chapter and a, a new beginning. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be plenty more years ahead. So, Luke, when we talk to him and, we, and you ask him a great question, what are your goals? What, what's a perfect ending in 2022 if you beat Gaucher and you prove that this is just another step on your journey? And, you know, he did like that, well, I'll smash anybody you put in front of me and tough guy stuff. And it's cool. And he would. And I believe that. But he's got to believe and hope that even though if Erickson Lubin beats Sebastian Fundora, he'll have a claim at, at wanting the champion next. Maybe Tim Zhu's the perfect next opponent for the winner of Jermel Charlo, Brian Castaño, to mm. get a four-belt champion and let's put him in against the guy who has next. Is it more likely knowing boxing and how it works that we're going to have to wait a few fights for that to happen, even yes. if Zoo is the goods? But um, Yes, you will. What do, what do you want to see from Tim? Well, what's your take? Because I, I'm high on him, but because I don't think he's a potential, like, you know, great white hope next next name from overseas that really isn't the real deal. He's he, there's, there's stuff leaking out of the side of him, Luke, and they've tested the fluid and it's it's real. I mean, he has he has the you know. Remember in episode one, the Phantom Menace. You know, they checked his you know mitochondria. Mitochondria. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's it's start. It's the force is strong in this one. Do you feel that? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Like you have kind of made me want to feel that way, which seems like a reasonable thing to get excited about. All, all for all the reasons you have articulated. 
I guess I, I don't think of it in terms of like what do I want to see, right? I mean, I want to see the guy who deserved to win win. That's it. I, it, it. The sport is too difficult to root for anything else. Um, but if Tim Zhu is who you say he is or could be, I would like to see evidence of that this time. Something about it. Like you don't have yeah. to stop Terrell Gaucher, but if you really want to make a if you want to make an impact in this market, well, as you smirk, what are you smirking for? No, I'm not. Okay. But don't you agree? If you want to make an impact in this market, yes, of course, a win is the most important. And even a, a noteworthy loss in some ways could be not the worst thing in the world. I would really like to see evidence of what he thinks he can be in this fight. I mean, a stoppage would be a big statement. It would be a big Huge. statement. And if what he's saying is true, and we don't know the, you know, even when we had Steven Espinosa here, we asked him, you know, he's got big interest in Sue. We don't know the how many fight contracts or their options on it, but it looks like he's ready to stay in this universe, and he knows he's got to come to the U.S. and fight these names to, to, to become the champion of this division and take it over, and he seems willing for um, this is... This is very exciting, Luke. And so just to put things in perspective, so he is the son of Costa Zoo, but I didn't realize, Luke, until doing a little bit more research that, like, they're cordial and it's, po it's positive, but they're not all that close at the moment, Tim father and, and son. Yeah. He, to, uh, Costa Zoo doesn't go to the fights, and some of that is because after Costa Zoo retired, he left behind his three children and wife and, and moved back to his native Russia and started a new family, and, and I'm sure there's difficulties that come off of that. But um, it's really the trainer... So Tim Zhu's trainer is also his brother Nikita's trainer. It's their uncle as well. His name is Igor Golubev. And that guy is sort of, um, I'm finding out, you know, sort of the unsung hero in, in, in a big part of why Tim is this good. Mm. So um, Tim, but Tim, you know, he also was around his dad when he was younger at, all, at the second half of his career. And, and when you just get that osmosis, it just does something to you. And that's, uh, you know, we have one more piece of sound where we're talking to Tim Zhu about, you know, what did you take from your dad? Oh, that's uh, easy, man. Uh, simple. Um, discipline. Discipline. Uh, he taught me discipline and, um, you know, to, to always be at training session, no matter if you're sore or tired. Uh, you got to work hard for, for all your goals, you know, and, and that's, what I, that's what I do. So we're going to find out. It's good theater, Luke. It's pretty damn good theater. Saturday night. 9 p.m. Showtime championship East. boxing. Um, it's a good card, when, and you know we'll get into it on Friday. There's a good co-main and, and opener as well, with with uh, worth watching uh, definitely. But uh, it's time to find out if this guy's for real. So right opponent, right time. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm fired, Luke. I'm fired up. All right. Last but not least, Devin Haney has offered. Uh, well, okay. I don't know what this. <laughs> so it looks like uh, Vasily Lomachenko is is going... out of the fight, and now there is a possibility of making the Haney Cambosis fight June 5th in Melbourne, Australia. What Woo. is the holdup? No, it looks like it's going to happen. So happen. George Cambosos upset Teofimo Lopez is the, you know, multi-belt champion at the moment. Was linked to a bunch of different dance partners. It was going to be Vasily Lomachenko, and that would have been a great fight. I mean, just a great fight, but we know what's going on in Ukraine with Lomachenko. And although it seems that maybe uh, Alexander Usyk is going to potentially fight Anthony Joshua in a summer rematch, that there, it, there's, it's heating up there. It looks like Lomachenko's not going to be ready or willing at this moment, which is off power to him. But Devin Haney as a replacement is not as exciting in terms of the fight's potential to be a thriller, but it's just as important in us needing the big names to fight each other. So even though Cambosis isn't originally part of those big names at 135 with Tank and Ryan Garcia and, and Teofimo, he crashed that party, Luke. So we, we need answers. At least two of the best are fighting each other. And, and Cambosis is the most decorated at the moment in terms of royalty and hierarchy and, and how many belts he has. He's the king of the moment. Um, let's find out if Haney is for real. But if Haney is for real, it may be a long, boring decision. And that just may be the way it is, Luke. 
Okay, fair enough. I don't have super high level of interest in this right now. Is it because Haney hasn't doesn't always thrill you, even though you know he's the goods? Or do you not? Yes. Are, are yeah, you not yeah, sure you know what? Technically, goods? yes, yes, a little or bit. Or are you still not bit. sure he's like really the goods? No, he's quite good. I don't know how good. Because there's a difference between failing or being unwilling to um, entertain with your style and being fucking great. You know what I mean? There's, a, there, there's that could be a gap. You know? I mostly just don't care about the story. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or 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 improv comedy. Or improv. <laughs> or friendship, really. If you want to or friendship. That. Or really. Yeah. Well, you know, thing. I am the Osama bin Laden of this friendship, though. Normally. You really are. Yeah. Thank you. I don't. I don't take that as a you know as a badge of honor. You know. Um, loved him in Hot Shots Part Two. That was a great flick. You know, I've never seen that. It's great. It's good. I saw it in the theater, dude. That was, that was my shit back then, okay? Remember, what was the other one? Robin Hood? Uh, Prince of Thieves? No, but wasn't there like a wasn't there like a spoof? Yeah, yeah. What do you... Men what, in men Tights. Men in Tights, yes. yes. That's yes. funny. You know, when you think about yes. it, get it, Men in Tights. Really How about our producers right there with it? Right there with it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Getting our back. They like us here at CBS Sports. I'm ready to go home. They like us here, okay? <laughs> I mean, we are like the redneck uncle that walks into the wedding. Yeah, but, we definitely are. Yeah, like there's no question about that, but but I think they like us. Um, they told Brian one arm's distance at all times that you had to keep. You want to drive home with fan subs right now, Luke? We could drive home with fan subs. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Um, Where am I looking at? <clears throat> morningcombat at gmail.com is your email address for Friday's Dead Wrongs. And, of course, Wednesday when you send in the pics of yourself wearing our merch and a, just a shameless, you know, pad of each other on the back and just just a real love fest you know mm-hmm. between us and the viewers it's called fan submissions fan submission. we've got mail okay luke this one's from adam he says uh one last meme after listening to luke's unhinged rant about starbucks in las vegas oh a God. city that has a restaurant on every corner all which serve black coffee and luke chooses to put <laughs> himself in starbucks I'm realizing Dude, Luke, these people could not be fucking dumber. In I, their lives I'm realizing Luke might suffer in oh, a world of his own God. creation. Luke, Do you hear these people, dude? Do you hear these people? The last time we went to Vegas, first of all, there was a worker shortage. Half of the shit was closed. Number one. Does this motherfucker have any concept of what he's talking about? <laughs> BC, I think he you nailed, work with me in the same. I think he might have nailed that though. He might like he dunked on you. You're just like, look, was it was it a charge? That's what you're saying. You're just like, look, it, I'm, he I'm did sa- dunk I'm on saying, me. I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, dude, it's uh, not that I present Starbucks to be like the world's best coffee or anything like that. But dude, if you are working on the strip because you have to be there for all the events and everything else, it is not even remotely realistic to say that you're going to go and walk to various restaurants which are not fucking open in certain cases. Or at least they weren't when I was there last time. Or are you just going to sit down at a fucking restaurant? Which restaurant? Yeah, but it's is- also you saying, I just hate people, and today, Starbucks is my vehicle to let you know that. No, there's absolutely an element of truth to this. But here's the point I'm trying to make, dude. I could get on fucking social media and say 2 plus 2 is 4, and there is someone out there who's going to be like, well, I read on clownpenis.fart that that's not the case at all, and Luke's just in a world of his own creation. <laughs> that's a great website, though. It's like, dude, fair. you guys have no fucking idea what you are talking about. You don't live our lives. You don't know our work schedule. Wow. You don't know what it's like. And yet you want to tell me how I've lived. I've been on this earth for 42 years, motherfucker, and I'm doing all right at it. Maybe, maybe give me the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> yeah, dad. You can yeah. go to restaurants. Yeah. Oh. Tell the world, Luke. You're yeah, not going to take it yes. anymore, yes. I'll, right? go, I'll go to Gonzalez y Gonzalez. And the fucking, <laughs> I'm sure the coffee there will just blow my fucking mind. I'm what sure. What do you want to do with your life? doesn't open until 5 in the afternoon. But yes, th- thank you for these wonderful suggestions oh, that well, could not well. have occurred to anyone other than those who have a mammalian I brain. Thank you. Rock. Very helpful. Very helpful. Thank you. Thank you. What would we do without these helpful suggestions? You should go to a different place. Oh, I I should. I should go to some other location. 
I never thought of that. <laughs> Got any piss I can drink? Yeah, you know, I realized death metal is just therapy for troubled people. Dude, no, it's just these people write you thinking <laughs> they've got life figured out. Meaning, meanwhile, you know, they don't have the slightest fucking. They're behind on their on their on their mortgage, probably. You know, yeah. just but yeah. because they're lazy, not because they're they're I broke. Mean, jam band is just a more granola version of the same thing. You know, you know these people have no sh no concept of anyone else's life. Issuing these grand edicts about how it could be so different. Aren't those people Shut the, the worst? Shut the fuck up. You don't know him? I don't Shut know him. Shut the fuck up. I don't want to know him. Completely untrue. Bears no resemblance to reality whatsoever. Hey, Saul's here. Better call Saul. Uh, my man. wife was invited to be a vendor. Let's get this. My wife was invited to be a vendor for a local spring fling event for her charcuterie business, and I couldn't be more proud of her. I wore my MK sweater and had people ask if I worked at or owned... <laughs> Worked at or owned Morning Combat. It's an interesting name, not only did they say, but we sold charcuterie boxes and a raffle, and I told everybody that asked about the show that when it comes on, where it's available, and to subscribe to get the best fight coverage and humor related to all things combat sports, MK, all day, every day, including when my wife has an event. Yes. Okay, BC, don't look. That's my guy right there, don't, Saul. Don't look. Don't look. Spell charcuterie. Uh, no, this is, you know, <laughs> no, you know, Luke, what you don't know about me is I was the uh, fifth grade town spelling bee champion. And I went yeah, to, but you were I in a town the where, tournament. you know, you were in a town where people just marry their cousins. And I, finished four, I finished 14th in the state tournament, Luke. Okay. All right. Take yeah. that. Uh, that's not yeah. impressive. Also, I don't think I can spell it either. From so my town, you. Luke, okay? People don't come out of my town, right? You know what's funny? Actually, our, uh, our mutual boss, the one I had never met, but BC has known him for some, some years. Like BC went to the bathroom and I was like, "How bad is Naugatuck?" He's like, "Oh, it's a, it's 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 a, it's a town, it's a town's what he said." We I wear, was like, Ooh, shit. "We wear that shit like a badge on our sleeve, Luke." Okay. All right. Spell restaurant. <laughs> thank you, Saul, and thank you to your wife. Okay, Saul's been a deep supporter of our merch. Yes. And he makes it part of his lifestyle. We're, we're, That's we're, all we ask. Yeah. Yeah, man. Okay. Damn. JP says, um, MK Superfan from Nova Scotia again. Here vacationing live from the Riviera Maya, Mexico. First trip anywhere since before the pandemic. I paid for the Wi-Fi upgrade down to the beach so I could stream that YouTube. Look at that. While having 10 a.m. beverages with the Bali beds. No worries about poor cable management in this case. But big thanks to Luke and BC and the hardworking staff on the other side of the cameras. MK all day, no matter where, every day. Even from Mount Unaki, Nova Scotia, Canada. It's JP. Yes. Yes. I like that guy, Luke. That's a beautiful I shot. I bet you he's French Canadian like me. I bet you that. I'm, I wish I was on that beach. Yeah. Where, uh, <laughs> where are you from in Jamaica? <laughs> By the beach. Uh, boy. Um, Luke, let's go over to Dima. You're, you're worse. You're worse. I've decided you're worse than Osama bin Laden. <laughs> uh, hi, guys. My name is Dima. I'm a longtime donk from way back. Recently on the show, I heard the guys playing with the idea of coming to Phoenix for the upcoming event. I'd love to invite you to broadcast from our property for this event. I think he's talking about the May 7th UFC pay-per-view, Luke, that stacked one. No, is this the Heaven's Gate cult? Are we going to have to <laughs> wear um, Nikes? What are we doing? His wife, who, by the way, from Bristol, Connecticut, that's my territory, and him, they run a 4,000-square-foot 
arts enclave in Midtown Phoenix. He's enclosed some photos so we can get the idea if this is something we'd be interested. Look, this is like an open air market. Yo, Luke. I, first of all, raise your hand if you're interested. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so hand in the air. Plenty of legal Delta Eight and greens of all sorts. Also, there's an on-site tattoo artist that specializes in American traditional too, which is one of my favorites. If either of the guys was to book wants to book some ink, uh, tattoo Polsky, they call him. Check him out. I was rocking some merch 1.0 at our event. The only fee we would ask, holy shit, Luke, is a piece of Brian's art to display at Hive on the 16th. Does this mean you're gonna like just jack off on the, a napkin and hand it to him? I mean, seriously, you're gonna ruin this moment. This, this. Welcome to my world, Brian. <laughs> These are artists recognizing art and saying, "Broadcast your pay-per-view show yeah, from." Yeah, but our, you know what? If I visited the zoo, enclave. if I visited the zoo and could get a finger painting from Coco the gorilla, <laughs> I would as well. But that doesn't mean Coco the gorilla's finger painting is good. Coco would smear that shit all over the. Yeah, place. I was like half yeah. feces, <laughs> half blue finger paint. You know, what's what's your message here, Coco? Thank Banana? you, Dima, for the Luke. I think wow, I you know. We are the mystics of MMA, would you say? The Washington mystics? Yeah. <laughs> hey, they won the WNBA a couple years ago or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, there's some tough women, Luke, okay? Yeah, right? I don't even know what you're saying. Yeah. I don't know what anyone does. You ever study abroad? Here we go. <laughs> Here we go with the dad jokes. <laughs> Studier, I barely met her. And then he'll walk out of here like Michigan J. Frog, like it's a fucking slam dunk. All right, let's go back to this, Luke. Uh, Adam says, good day, Donks. What, more, more, more questioning about how I can get coffee in Las There's Vegas? There's a lot of Adams in our fan base. Uh, on Monday's show, Luke committed the cardinal sin of shit-talking friends. He got, and I think this is the medical term, quote, butthurt by BC and the crew a bit. As Luke should know, in the world of dishing shit-talking, you must be willing to accept shit-talking in it. return. I didn't fight. Well, I like, whoa, 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 whoa. Back, back up a step. Where did I fight you on it? You did reveal over dinner last night, true or false, that I wanted to kill you. Yes, you, I did want to kill that you. That's you considered, true. You could see it on my face. When this we is ran the Hasselhoff video, you said that you considered quitting. I almost walked off the show. It's true. I thought about it. For, for a second, it went through my mind. Yo, remember, um, yo, remember when Pedro Martinez was yeah. like, well, was ca like, careful what you like, do. Like Jorge playing the knockout game, I might play the knockout <laughs> game with you as well. Lucas, it's a real thing. If I could turn that into a into a RNC, if I could you, do which that. Which you can't, but... Uh, but here's the thing. I didn't complain about it on air. I let you have it. What's the, what's the problem? I'm looking at you. Def don't look at me. Look at me. Well, you're talking to Adam. You're not okay, talking but to I'm me. I'm talking to okay. you. I let you have it. I didn't in any way object to it on air other than to call you a fuckhead, which fine. I mean, that, that's, that, that's some cardinal sin. So you thought it was like when Scottie Pippen dunked on you in that time and then he stood over him and like pointed down at him? You thought it was, it was too much genuflecting back to I think that there are certain things you the... ask me not to talk about on air, and I respect that because I'm your friend, and yes. you don't give a fuck about that, I think. That is not true. That is exactly that true. Is you don't true. give a shit at all, dude. You expect people to censor themselves on your behalf, and then here comes neon sign banging the fucking drum, walking in the room, it's all about me, You don't Campbell. think there's lines you... or limits. I think that if you respect a friend and he told you that this bothered him, you wouldn't do that on air. No, I, and I don't think you care about those limits. I don't think you understand that at all. It's why you keep bringing up uh, someone deceased when our production crew's family, and they keep asking you to shut the fuck up about I it. I mean, that's and not. That's keep, not I no, mean, it's not. You think that there are no limits, that if it's funny to you, everyone should find you amusing. Motherfucker, not everyone finds you amusing at all times. I find you amusing most of the time. But sometimes I want to fucking strangle you. And I what, bet your wife is the same too, bitch. What are the odds? We know you better than anybody. What are the odds that these meetings we supposedly came for are just a pre-planned intervention? I mean, they would have fired you when you got here <laughs> if that was the...
if that was a guy. But I did, this thing, like, I complained on air. I didn't complain on air. I didn't complain one time. I let you have it. All right, well, this guy's got a long paragraph about how you've had so many infamous technical difficulties that you should understand the jokes. I don't the, think people the... should tell me how I should understand challenges in my life. That's, that's what I think. That's... Uh, he was very rude. I'm glad I didn't read yeah, that. Yeah, you should lot. not read that. Thank you. It's my friend. It's my quarterback. Uh, well, I don't know about that. But... Only I get to dunk on him, not you. Yeah, that's right. But yeah. uh, No, they can dunk on me, too, if it's deserved. But if you insulted me on air and I let it go and didn't say anything other than call you a fuckhead, some kind of, like, I was supposed to stand up and, like, just amazing. I'm not going to do that, but Is I let it? you have your, th I let you have it. Okay, Mr. Play It Safe. Okay, Afraid to Fly. Is it ironic that the Colby Jorge thing happened the same trip that, that, the, that the crevice is forming between I us. haven't played the knockout game with you yet, so it's not, <laughs> I, would, I would wait for the parallels to... I mean, there's to, a uh, crack, but the ship's still got a rudder, you know? Yes, I mean, I'm, I don't care right now, but I wanted to fucking kill you on Monday, yeah. Sorry. I'm so, all I can say I, I don't believe that you are. I don't believe I'm that. Sorry. I don't believe a word of that. I don't I, believe a word of that. I will create more productive boundaries between art... And fun. Here's the thing. And bad when you, when taste. You, when you put your life out in public, the problem with it is people will take it and they will see it in their own way based on all the different circumstances of their own life and how it looks on camera. And then they will decide what your life is actually like and what is happening. But there's a massive gap between them. People think that because I've had many technical difficulties, I should just be kind of accepting of this. But, um, you know, and I don't. I'm not going to say anything more about it. But that's not the way that I look at it. Uh, it, it is. Uh, it is a. It's a significant problem, and uh, it speaks to actually some larger issues that I have, and that's why it causes. Well, I'm not trying to it, That's why that, it causes Luke. me a lot of stress and a lot of heartache. And then for you to pile on it on Monday, you're right. You're right. Um, made me want to fucking kill. I you. was wrong. You weren't wrong. It's just Luke. I'm. I'm not doing a bit. I'm sorry. You don't have to be. I'm not I'm asking sorry, for your apology. Luke. I'm not asking for your apology. But just don't get bitter at me because I didn't laugh at it. That's all I'm saying. I'm not going to laugh at it. I'm not trying to hover a trigger point. I'm not trying to do it's that. Not, it's not, it, okay. All no, right. I mean that with, with love and respect, okay? All right, all right. I appreciate We'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> oh, man. When did this show turn into Maury, you know? You, you are, are the father. <laughs> <laughs> all right, okay. Uh, Danger Mouse again. Uh, hopefully you're not coming at Luke. Probably. Like Adam They all are. They always do. Two plus two is four. Well, who the fuck you think you are? You don't know math. Okay. What is that? <laughs> uh, BC, this could be comedy, says Danger Mouse. It just depends if the production team does their usual thing. Hey, production team, just because I can't see you doesn't mean you're safe. Stop spoiling my punchlines. Seriously, though, I just want to say a huge thanks to the MK team, production included. Last week, I wasn't even sure any of my stuff would be shown because there were so many great fan subs. Then you announce you've made merch from one of mine and are sending me some of it. It really made my day. So thank you very much. I am to teach you a Yorkshire word, BC, well chuffed. Ooh. That means happy round our way. Well chuffed. I'd, I'd, yeah, Bob Craft's place is not far from here, Luke. Okay, <laughs> if, you, you know, if you're looking to get well chuffed. Um, I actually sent in a wrong meme last week. That was the question the chat room wanted to know. Uh. Also, um, is this still from him? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, Luke's Dilemma. I, Luke, that's a, it's like the ending to the movie. Remember Macaulay Culkin was in that movie with Elijah Wood where, like, the mom had to hold the two sons, one in each arm, over the cliff and decide, the good son, thank you. See, these people are quick, man. Was that Mike? That wasn't Mikey. Mikey don't know that shit. I think Mikey's high. 
That was Jason. Yeah, so I'm talking about CBS. Yo, CBS making a comeback this week. I right? looked over at Mikey. He's just drooling. Wow. Uh, the dilemma is BC and Ariel. Who wins an MMA fight? Wow, Luke. Wow. Wow. I don't remember this. Did I have an? Maybe someone I asked think Ariel challenged chat. us to a two-on-two basketball game on the show. I think he did. Yes, which, which I'd be happy to take under one condition. I'm going to be Bill Lambeer in that. <laughs> Your exact text be, to me it was... It will be nothing but forearm shivers and liver shots. So I guess Ariel on the MMA Hour uh, was, was saying he's got a, like a, is a director, producer. One of the guys that works for him. Yeah. And the guy sounded like he was young and, and long and lean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want no ringer. And the, the best way to offset that on a small court is for you to go Bill full Lambeer. on Bill Lambeer. Wow. Um, just, just, they're going to have to... Don't just, give me a reason to get in shape, Ariel. Do you need one? You, he don't think I'm willing to do Canada on Canada crime, knowing where my people come from, you know? <laughs> Quebec, you know what I'm saying? Quebec? Yeah. Yeah. I think, oh, I'm we, not, I can't make that joke. We Sorry. put the special K in Quebec, all right? Yes. All right. Uh, Danger Mouse, thank you. And uh, does he have any more memes, or is that it for Danger Mouse? I want to respect this guy. So Danger Mouse, if you don't know, created the... Pornhub-inspired logo of MK that our merch maven, RJ, is like, you know what? I bet you your listeners are even grosser than I think they are. Let's make a shirt of this. RJ was like, yo, you know what's a good idea? An idea I can steal. That one. <laughs> He's like, your fans love porn. I know it. I know they do. I've watched a lot of pornography on this. I, I, no, I don't see you. You know, you're upset that I violated the sacred trust of, I mean, of our of our lines of good decency. I, I had to, you I, sat down and just shit your pants as soon to, as we I got there. I had to upgrade the phone plan because I needed more gigabits. <laughs> You're like, BC, you have no idea how violent that pornography was last night. That was. I'm like, get that away from me. Get it away. I don't want that. Yeah, well, you know what? Maybe you had it coming when I dunked on you. Maybe. And I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry, Luke. I'm sorry. I, I don't think you're very Why do sorry. I have to be Colby? Why? Why can't I be Jorge, Luke? What do you mean? Because you're not a street goon, in the words of Jorge Masvidal. You're just a regular dad. I don't dad, want to be Colby dude. in this equation. None of us want to be either of them, but you are we are. All right. Any more from Danger Mouse or no? What do you guys got? What do you got? Okay, let's go move on to Jason here. Uh, we have photographic evidence of BC at the top of the mountain driving his flag into the dirt and screaming at the top of his lungs, Kevin Lee will be a future MMA champion. <laughs> you know what? I can't hate. I was at the top of that hill, too. <laughs> yeah, you know? I do look good in that drug rug right there, though. On, on Available that. on the morningcombat.store. Uh, damn right, RJ. Uh, and last but certainly not least, LT, I believe you need a solution during each segment to get BC to start wrapping up his art. In my last fan sub, there Wrap was a Chappelle up, show meme, and BC expressed his love for the show. So I figured I'd put Luke in a meme that would resonate with him after BC speaks for about 10 seconds. Brian, wrap it up. That's pretty funny. Okay, wrap that shit up. more than 10 seconds to talk. Finally, Matt says, if there was a Hall of Fame for MMA podcasts, episode 277 of Morning Combat would be inducted immediately. Is that the uh, Wheel of Death slash Encanto slash so. Jake Von Amsterdam mm -hmm. piece mm -hmm. of business that we put out there, that we executed? Bietch? Oh, I had to make this in honor of Luke's ensemble that performance of We Don't Talk About Bruno. This guy also dubbed I like Luke or this guy also dubbed Luke singing over the Encanto video, but we can't show it because of rights, Luke. Yeah, that is OK. You got to send me that. that is, <clears throat> that's really well done. So, Luquito, this is your this is your these aren't your in-laws. These are your people. Luke. These are me. Well, you know, 
Americans are mi gente, but this is my. I like the guy holding the yellow umbrella the best. He looks like Poppy, right? He's the Poppy. Yeah, let me see group. if I can name them left to right. All right, here we go. Uh, Luisa, Isabella, Abuela, Mirabel. Um, the little boy is Antonio. Um, they're at the guy holding the umbrella is Felix. Uh, what Bruno, about the priest behind him? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Bruno has the Ruana, which is like the, 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 the poncho he's wearing. In the back is Peppa. Uh, holding behind between Felix and um, and uh, the other. No, that's not right. It's the shape shifting kid. Uh, fuck, I can't name them all. So what did what did Bruno do that we can't talk about him? Is so he like Bruno, a like a dirtbag uncle? No. So Bruno would have these visions, and he wasn't making things happen. He would just see into the future, and every time he saw into the future, when someone asked him, he would see something negative. Like they would, you know, your plant will die. You know, rain on your wedding day. And then they would blame Bruno for having that thing, and he gets yes. he gets one vision that the the magic. He's that, like, I'm just a medium, you know. And the magic that brings all this together was going to fade, and then it could have been the fault of Mirabel. But to protect her, he hid it away. Well, fuck Mirabel. Well, no, he was trying to protect his 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 cousin. Um, Did he have a love interest in this movie? Bruno. Yeah. Rats. <laughs> so he's an absolute dirt hole. Yeah, he's Phil. Yeah, he's Phil. yeah, okay. Yeah. I was about to support him. I was like, I, I bet you. No, he's my a good town, dude, but know? he had ra- he was living with the rats, you know. So yeah, okay. That's your uh, morning combat fan submissions. Thank you. Morning combat at gmail is the home for all that type of shit. Um, Luke, do you have anything else you want to talk you talk about? You know what? If you have any other grievances to air, now would be the time. I don't have any grievances to air. I'm good. Would you like me to make a Jesus Christ joke? You love those. Luke, can, can, you, can you really take it as good as you give it, Luke? Can you? Uh, I do my best at it, which I'm sure is imperfect. But, but like, this, this is what I'm talking about. Like, this guy complaining. Like, I didn't just go, BC. I mean, yeah. there should be an Your Oscar enemy is Adam. This. It's not me. Or an i got to try to protect this relationship. I'm just pointing out, I let you have it. Like, uh, you know, if that's not okay, I'm not sure what's supposed to be. So, you know, it's a lot of phony concerns about whether or not um, I'm accepting of it. Let's put it that way. I don't know what happens next episode. Fighting and fucking. <laughs> <laughs> the Thomas family. Dude, explained. Yes. No one has been worse in this studio than us right now. Yeah. I just want to point that out. There's never been a show worse than this one here. We have really taken it to the bottom of the barrel. Um, just want to point that out. I want to get to a level of irrational professional confidence, Luke, where, where, you know, where I just, what's that term, supernova? I just explode on the way out. I think that's called E J A C. I wasn't saying that. I wasn't saying that. I was, it was more. I didn't say know. the word. I put four letters together. Luke, would you rather. You inferred. Would you rather burn out or fade away? Oof. Well, you're already a burnout. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like dangerously on the border of both. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, we should yeah. tell the folks what we're doing today. We're going to have some, I won't, I won't tell them too much, right? Because we got to keep it a secret, but. Oh, Mikey's like, don't tell oh, them that Oh, shit. actually, he's saying don't tell folks. So we cannot. We cannot tell you what we're doing. So there you go. Adam, he's looking for you. But I understand you, Adam. I understand <laughs> you. All right. Mikey, did I just blow up all your plans? <laughs> okay, okay, good. Um, um, yeah, why don't, why don't you take us out of here? Oh, uh, well, I can do that. So, Brian, did you have a good time in Miami, in Fort Lauderdale? Yeah, FTL, was, it was, you know, we had a good run here. I'm exhausted, but we had a good run. My cab driver, who picked me up, 
well, not my, my car driver who picked me up from the airport. He was from, I noticed he was writing me and his English was a little bit uh, messed up, but I could tell he obviously was, his name was Alvaro. You didn't hold that against him? Nor no, I didn't, you. but I responded to him in Spanish and uh, he was like, oh, this is great. And then he got in the car and proceeded to talk to me endlessly about everything in Miami while dropping me off at He's the wrong- He's like, I know what you're into. I know <laughs> while, it. I while just dropping know. me off at the wrong hotel. Uh, but you know what he told me in Spanish? This is what he told me. He said, South Americans- like to uh, vacation in Miami, gringos like to vacation in Fort Lauderdale. Do you think that's true? It seems quite true. That's that's real recognizing real. Right I there. think that's what that is. Yeah, that's like a magnet, just attraction, the law of attraction. You know, Mikey, not it. Was that was that a true statement that what my car? It is okay. <laughs> I thought he was kind of being a little bit racist, but there you go. No, that, that that guy knows how it gets done in this area, Luke, okay? That guy's your, your spirit guide. He's your shaman into all things full-time LBB lifestyle in South Florida. Could you cut it here? You couldn't, you couldn't last here. What, what is this, the mean streets of things? I mean, obviously, every part's got good parts, bad parts. Isn't Florida supposed to be easy living? Depends depends where you're from, because when you're from Dade, like, like Jorge. Yeah, dude. All right? It's a different code. He doesn't talk about it, Luke. He bees about it. What's going to be the penalty for that, though? I don't know. You think he presses charges? That's the interesting part. I mean, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a damn soap opera, Luke. I'm not saying I love it. You think I love it. I just understand what it could lead to. That's all I'm saying. So don't get all, you know. All right. We can close this here. Um, let's see. We got a ton more content coming your way. Friday, we'll get you ready for all the fights. Again, Tim Zoo on Showtime this weekend. UFC, I think on ESPN Plus this weekend. Lots of good stuff. Uh, so that is Brian Campbell. Thanks yeah. to CBS Sports, who had us here for the last two and a half days, which have been great. And I hope to be back very soon, actually. This has been a fun experience. So for Malka, CBS Sports, Showtime, Brian Campbell, Luke Thomas, and all of you, thank you for watching. See you on Friday. And until then, may all of your gains be loyal.